Every comedian has a thought on Joe Rogan. Do you have you put out your take on the Joe Rogan Spotify problem? Um, I think he's a dipshit. I think he knows he's a dipshit, or maybe he doesn't, and then that's even worse. Um, I don't think that. I think the thing with very dumb people is they think that they're very smart by being contrarian. Hello and welcome to another edition of Here's the Pitch. I'm your YouTube friend Brad. Thank you for joining me today. And of course, always sponsored by Masses Restaurants in St. Louis. Five locations. STLMasses.com is their website. Go there, check out the uh, directions to the restaurants if you're driving through St. Louis. Or maybe you're going to come see our, our comedian coming to town to Helium in St. Louis, March 3rd. I'm sorry, March 4th and March 5th. It's Mike Malloy. There's Mike Malloy. Hello, Mike Malloy. You're going to be in St. Louis and having some Helium. I am. I'm very excited about it. My first time doing uh, doing stand up in St. Louis, so uh, you know, the, I'm sure the the people have been clamoring for it. They've been demanding it. They've been writing their their local representatives and making sure that Mike Malloy comes to St. Louis to do comedy. Congrats! What are you gonna What are you gonna make fun of first? Uh I don't. I don't know yet. I gotta. When I, I got, I, I haven't spent too much time in uh, the state of Missouri, so I, I usually, when I get to a place, I kind of just walk around for a while until I find something weird, and then I, I usually lead with that when I get on stage. It's Mike Malloy. Mike, uh, Mo there's uh, a doggy. My dogs are freaking. Out. They hear a dog freaking out outside. Boys, enough. Dogs are. Hey, dogs are welcome on this podcast, so I'm. I'm okay with barking. That's the first thing we uh, we love dogs in St. Louis. So I, I don't I don't even know. I was just I'm try I'm very bad at freelancing on comedy. I try to I try to when I have a comedian on I try to be funny. I'm not I'm not too funny. Um, but you can go to mikemalloy.com. Uh, he's got a website. Obviously, find him on Twitter and Instagram. Um, what kind, so what is your material? I've, I watch a little bit on on YouTube. And what do you what do you what do you think? You know, I mean, do you kind of have an act that you come through with, or do you try to do new stuff every time you go out? It's pretty fluid uh, for the most part. You know, I have uh, a lot of jokes that I like doing, and then I have, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that I need to try out, make sure is good. Uh, so it's usually a pretty healthy mix. Um, my stuff's kind of all over the place. I don't really have a, a, a real theme going for most of my shows. It's just like, hey, here's something weird and funny I'm thinking about and hopefully that the other people in the room agree that it's weird and funny so and I always I mean it's always interesting to me is it is it you get a thought in your head you throw it in your phone on a, a notepad what is what does Sparky think by the way does Sparky like your comedy what's his name uh, Cam over here is not a big fan but Potato Tatum over here is a is a huge fan of everything that I do he, he's just Anything that I do, he's he's uh, in favor of. Looks, looks like he's getting his hair cut like you. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Is Cam named after Cam Neely or Cam Jansen? He is actually named after Cam Ron, the rapper. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 Cam Ron. Let me. Uh, what what the what 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 make the world mean to me? What is that? Well, he's had a big song back in the nineties, right? Cam Ron. What's that? With the big, he had a big song in the nineties. Uh, what what mean the world to you or something like that? I, I tried. I thought I had Cam Ron. On my uh, on my mini iPod MP3 player in the '90s, 
I'll have to look oh, it up. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, he was mo- mostly, uh, I think early 2000s was uh, was Cameron and, and Dipset was the uh, the rap group that he was in. All right, I'm going to look it up. But uh, why, why did you name him after Cameron? Just curious. Uh, he's just He was one of my favorite rappers. And I was just like, all right, you look like a Cameron. You, you'll do. So, so I was saying, you know, when you get a thought in your head, do you, is it always go right to the phone? I mean, is it always, is the mind always thinking like when you're, you're driving down the street and you're, you, yeah. you, and you, oh, hold on. I got to voice text this to myself to remember. Is that how, is that how thoughts and kind of bits begin? I used to do a lot of like voice text and I used to do a lot in my phone as far as taking notes. And I've found that since I've pivoted to like an actual physical notebook again, uh, it's, my material just things have been better and I, I retain more and I actually like build out stuff that I have ideas on. There's so much sitting in my phone that I just like haven't really ever built out the way that I, I should. So I, I definitely pivoting to a, uh, a physical notebook has been a lot more helpful. Now I've seen some clips. I love like the old schoolers like Gary Shandling and mm. Seinfeld and and this, this comedy store documentary and the, the Gary Shandling one that Judd Apatow did. And you can see Gary working on his stuff at, yeah. at probably, you know, ha, ha, catch a rising star. Do you bring the notebook on stage with you at times? Just to, I mean, do you just, are you that physical with it? Or you kind of take it in and, and then remember it and just do your act? Because I always thought that was interesting to watch Gary literally just looking at his notebook and then, you know, the guys are yelling at him. What are you doing? I'm, I mostly, I sometimes will bring like a set list of sorts up. Especially since I'm, you know, I'm getting ready for to record an album at the end of March. I'm trying to really figure out how I want to order things, how I want to pace things. So it's it's really more just like, you know, a set list. It's just kind of there's words that'll remind me of the next like six minutes of shit that I need to say. Yeah. Instead so- of you know, in my actual like notebook, notebook it's more like broken out and like written out in details for each, you know, each joke pretty much has its own page, but for, yeah, for a set list, it's just like, all right, here's 20 words that'll make you remember what comes next. Yeah, I love set lists for bands because like, like Aerosmith's one of my favorites. We saw them and you can just see their set list. It says elevator toys, you know, it's not the whole name of the song. I'm assuming like you have, you know, uh, you know, a uh, homeless person or so, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> airplane yeah, it's food. Pretty, it, it's, it's pretty much just keywords. And, uh, but you know, most of my jokes I have, there's like accompanying jokes that go with them. So like there's a block of stuff that goes together. There's another block, you know, there's, there's all certain, certain things that fall under the same umbrella. I just kind of bunch them together. You mentioned the comedy album. You'll be taping that in uh, Austin, Texas, March 25th. Yeah. March 26th. So this is an actual album? Is it is, where not a not a YouTube special, not a net? This is something you drop the needle. I have a, maybe you can see, well, you can't now, but a record player over. You will actually drop a needle and listen to you like the old days? Yeah. So we're actually, we're discussing um, the physical release, but yeah, I'll probably do a couple uh, vinyls out there for, for people if they want them. But yeah, mostly digital. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, Helium, uh, who I'll be performing at, in St. Louis, I'll also they own a couple clubs and they they own their own record label, so they're going to be producing it for me. Um, you know, it's it's been good to kind of get into their clubs and get a little more uh, 
just get up more regularly, get a little more stage time, get a little uh, regular feature sort of thing, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it, I'm really excited about it. They've been great. Um, I'm, I'm excited about Austin. Cap City is a great club that they just bought and I guess just completely redesigned. So very excited to see see how it comes out. Any video component to it or is it just straight audio the old, the old way. We have been discussing that. Um, I'm not sure that I'll do that this go round, but it's definitely something I have hopes of doing in the future. I actually just announced this week that uh, the first week, the first of March, I'm going to be taping something for Comedy Central. I'm not sure when it's going to be airing, but uh, we're taping that March 1st here in Los Angeles. So very excited about about that too. Look at look at you. What's going on? You're yeah. blowing up. How- two, two years on the shelf, and now that everybody wants a shot at the title, everybody wants a piece of the kid now. But for two years of sitting around doing fuck all, uh, now I just got to cram everything that I've ever done into the next month of my life. Well, I've I've interviewed a lot of comedians on here, a lot of uh, sports athletes. I do. It's, here's the pitch: people pitching. That's what I do. I have mm-hmm. noticed, seemingly, maybe because it's like you said, it's been two years. You comedians are like cockroaches. They're coming out of every orifice, and they're doing podcasts, and they're all in helium. Is just like book solid in in Indy, in Portland, in Buffalo, in yeah. St. Louis. Like, was this? Is this? Am I am I right that there's been a group of this, a new group, a new wave? that kind of became from the COVID and, and thought, because what I've seen a lot too is a lot of these guys are doing, you know, the one-minute videos. Charlie Barron's was just on, and he does a ton of little one-minute videos, but he's also doing stand-up. Was there this many comedians maybe in 2019, and, uh, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention? What's going on? There were. I think that a lot of social media has brought people to stand-up that uh, – how do I put this bluntly? Uh, have no business doing stand up. Uh, you know, a six second vine does not translate into an hour set. Uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, they got big on a, a social media platform and then they're like, oh, how do I parlay this into something? And then a club owner sees you've got a million followers. They expect you to be able to put asses in seats. And even if you do, that's the one time who's going to come back to see it if you stunk. And there's a lot of people who don't understand that they are very short sighted about it. And they're like, no, I want my money right now. Club owners and performers alike. And uh, it is bad for comedy. I think there's people that don't want to be doing comedy, doing comedy or don't understand comedy doing comedy. And then people who don't know comedy come to a show and go, Oh, this is comedy. I don't think I'll come back. So kind of, I'm not a big fan of it. It's possible though, that we weed them out though, during this, this, this rise, this Renaissance here in 2022, where now the clubs are back open. And like you said, people go and they go, well, this was, this wasn't funny. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And, uh, a lot of them are getting headlining spots at, at clubs. And I'm just like, all right, enjoy that weekend because even if even if it turns out well, the next time won't. How did you start? What did, where did you start? Are you about Boston, right? And then yeah, is that where you kind of started in Boston? So you know, I always tell people that was essentially comedy combat. Was a you know trying to do a show in front of ten dickheads while a Bruins game is playing on the TV. And it's just like. 
all right, you're gonna have to fight for their attention. You're gonna have to do something that's gonna get people to look over there and and stay looking over there and not in a way that's gonna make them become part of the show also. Uh so yeah, I mean it it was a a good place to to learn the the essentials. And then uh I've been here now for five or six years now in LA. So what year were we, what, how many years are we talking? And what did you do? College? Did you have a thing you wanted to do? Or was this, Hey, high school, I like watch. I, I think this is what I want to do. Where did it start? Like where did it manifest? So I did a couple contests in college. I didn't take it too seriously. I, I don't really consider that when I started comedy, it really wasn't until I was like 26 ish, 27, maybe. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I was working in, in tech and miserable and wanted to give someone else a try and did it and kept doing it essentially. Who were who your guys? Who did you, who did you watch? Who did you, who did, who, who were your like icons that you thought that's, you know, that's sort of, sort of what I would like to do or, or just people that made you laugh back in the day. So for some reason in my, in where I grew up, we didn't have, comedy central wasn't a part of the cable package. So I didn't like grow up watching comedy central the same way a lot of people did. Um, I, I watched more like comic view on BET, like Bernie Mac was my guy. Martin Lawrence was my guy. Um, I love, uh, Norm Macdonald was, was probably one of the, um, more mainstream guys that I liked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I always tell people I don't watch a whole lot of stand-up. I like going to stand-up and I like experiencing it. I, I, I'm i not a big throw-it-on-the-TV kind of guy, which is surprising to some, but I guess it's like I'm sure there's people who like playing golf that don't want to watch golf. Well, also, you're very probably hypercritical of who's what's funny to you. I, I would assume yeah. you don't want to sit – you don't want to take – 20 minutes and watch something that's not funny for 20 minutes. I mean, you could probably tell right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Who, you have a crew of guys that you uh, like to hang out with and uh, that, uh, kind of an up-and-coming uh, comedy rat pack, as they say? All my, all my friends fucking left me here. They all moved back home or got wives and, and abandoned me in to do comedy by myself in Los Angeles, apparently. So uh, David Borey is a good pal of mine. Uh, he moved back to Denver. He's uh, he's a fantastic comedian. If you ever if you ever get a chance to see him, absolutely do it. Uh, Sean, basically all the guys that I, I ran faded with. Uh, I, now I'm the only one still in Los Angeles. Uh, Sean Jordan, another fantastic uh, comedian up in Portland. Uh, yeah, good 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 folks. Yeah, and faded is a thing in LA that you do, and you're still doing it now, right? An outdoor thing. Tell yeah. people if people are watching out in the California area. Yeah, every Friday uh, in Los Angeles, we do uh, faded comedy. It's an outdoor show. It's vaxxed only. Uh, it's amazing comics. We had a fucking great lineup last night, uh, and we it's a, a show that we have. Sometimes we have better lineups in the just in the back of the room of comics just that are just there to hang out than some shows do on their like lineup like last night todd glass just happened to come to the show and i was just like you want to do a set he's like yeah he fucking crushed it so it's like we uh i like to think of it as like your favorite comedian's favorite show so what is in like five years or three years, what does success for you look like? What is like, yeah, man, this is, I've made it. This is success to me. Or, or maybe you're at success now. Tell me what you, th- or what the goals are in the next couple of years. My goal in the next couple of years is to get 
successful in a way that nobody knows who the hell I am just to be behind the scenes and make stuff and be left alone. Uh, I don't want to be on the road forever. I want to, you know, I've got another five years of being on the road in me maybe, but I want to just silently make stuff and be very rich from it. I like now. See, that's amazing to me. Now this is something I could teach the kids. If I ever did teach class, when I was in college, all I wanted to do was be on TV. I did a public access show out of my parents' house. It was a sports thing, and I thought it was great. I was walking down the, the, the aisles, the hallways of Melville High School, and they're like, hey, Brad, we watched the show. I was like, hey, man. You know, and all I wanted to do was be on TV. And then I learned, uh, I got some jobs actually out of it, made some money, did some on-air TV high school sports show stuff. But then I got a, a job to produce motor racing. I didn't. I hate motor racing. I don't like. I don't like any motorsports. But it paid four times anything I'd ever made when I was. I'm like, and, and I could still be a little creative. And I thought, yeah. hey, ding. And so then I went into pr- producing. So I knew early on. I'm like, I don't really need to be on TV. I'd like to make more money than actually be on TV. So it, I'm. I don't. This. I know this is a podcast where I interview people, but I like to tell share some stories here as well. So. Oh, of course. Well, yeah, I definitely want to find a way to just. Uh make the stuff but not be directly in it anymore <laughs> so it's like producing netflix stuff yeah. probably you know tv comedy and stuff like that yeah i mean i'm I'm pretty much producing the the weekly show you know i have a couple a couple people helping out but for the most part i i do i handle everything about it i handle all the marketing i handle all the outreach i handle all the ticket sales i handle all the customer service I handle all the inventory, I handle all the booking, all that bullshit. Um, so I do a lot of that. And then I do also do the same for our, we have our happy hour live stream that we do, which is cocktail making um, live stream on Twitch. And I handle all that as well. So it's uh, it's a lot. And I'd love to find uh, a way to do it for somebody else who's going to pay me an absorbent amount of money. Would it, and then would this help? Uh, because I see you're on Twitter and you're very active. You're on Instagram. Very, you don't have to tweet anymore or as much. You don't have to tweet about your sandwich that you just had for breakfast like you did this morning. Yeah, I don't have to, but I probably will. There's a million things that I don't have to do that I continue to do, and that, that'll probably be one of them, even though t- tweeting is something that has historically brought more trouble than, than good to my life. What, now, why can't we have eggs for dinner? And, and who is that back there? Who's walking behind you? I, lo- oh, I always like to. So that's my, yeah, that's my fiance. I'm not here. Don't pay attention to me. Oh, no, I, 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 I can't. All I do is stare at the back of people's when I'm doing it. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so why can't we eat eggs for dinner, right? I mean, you were saying, let's have sandwiches for breakfast. I've thought, yeah. I never understood why Taco Bell wasn't open for breakfast. Now, of course, it is. There's these places that. I think that yeah, they are now. Yeah, and I no, eat I a bunch of stuff here in St. Louis, and I'm like, dude, open up. I, I would eat. <laughs> you know bean wrap at six in the morning for breakfast i don't need eggs so you're trying to make sandwiches a uh, a breakfast i saw that i'm just reading your twitter that's all i'm doing (laughs) tell me what you so that everyone every comedian has a thought on joe rogan do you have you put out your take on the joe rogan spotify problem um i think he's a dipshit i think he knows he's a dipshit or maybe he doesn't and then that's even worse um i don't think that I think the thing with very dumb people is they think that they're very smart by being contrarian. I think there's a lot of people that um, like to say they're playing devil's advocate and don't understand what that fucking term even means. 
playing the devil's advocate is supposed to be, hey, if I were the opposition, here's what I'd be seeing. However, here's a way to strengthen our point. That's the whole devil's advocacy approach. But these guys are just going, no, I'm just I'm I'm doing counter, you know, the the counterintelligence. I'm just here it is. But here's no fucking like recourse to strengthen the fucking stance. Um, anecdotes aren't data is another thing that I, I will fucking say. Oh, you you heard that somebody's dick doesn't work now because of a vaccine. That's not data. That's not evidence. That's not even firsthand knowledge. That's fucking fourthhand, a, a game of telephone, essentially. That's not anything substantive. Uh, I think comedians should mostly talk about comedy and the things that are in their life. Do I think that Joe Rogan should be um, choosing which scientists are valid and choosing which data is, is reputable? Probably not. Probably not a, a guy who barely got through high school. Well, I, I, so I have listened to him, but I think my wife gets it all wrong. I like, I, I pick podcasts where I, I enjoy the guest. So if he has yeah. Bill Maher on or, you know, Kevin Nealon, you had Tom, just comedians or things that I want to hear. And she, and she, funny point, she's like, the guy's a fucking boxing announcer and hosted a reality show. He's not, a, yeah. he does, he's not like an authority. on. And I said, honey, I really, it's just for the guests. She's like, of course it is. And I said, it really is. It's, but it's funny what COVID has done to everyone has made everybody, you know, it's made him rich, I guess. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, that, that's another thing is then once you find out how he's getting paid and compared to the artists that, actually put shit on Spotify and they're getting a third of a, a third of a cent or point fucking zero three cents per spin. It kind of makes you even more mad. And when you see how like profitable being a piece of shit is, it makes you even more mad. <laughs> and, uh, honestly, the guy's not even a fucking good standup. He's not even a good, I, I don't even think he's an authority on that. I think he has guests that are, I, I don't think he's, I've never, Na name a fucking good Joe Rogan joke. That's what that's usually what when people say, "Oh, he's a great." Kid. Name one fucking memorable Joe Rogan bit. What was a good Joe Rogan album? What was a good Joe Rogan special? Could you could you name any? I couldn't. It was not funny, but very odd. And it's the one I don't know if you ever listened to Stern. I'll do a lot of folks from the Stern Show here, former former. Uh, uh, guests and people that worked there. And the only bit that I remember that they played a lot was him being a guy working out with another dude. And, uh, he, you know, it, it turns into a sex thing, you know, Oh, put, no, really try it. It's, and it's not yeah. real fun. It's, it's, it's quite odd actually. Howard played it a lot. And that makes me <clears throat> wonder about Howard, why he thought it was funny, but that's really the only bit I can remember. And I always thought that's an odd thing to, to, to have out there. Uh, if you're Mr. Hetero, Joe Rogan, UFC guy. Yeah, I mean, it's, I just don't find him very interesting, and I never did, and I, it's crazy that Andy Dick is now the, like, less dangerous of the two. How do you feel, though, because now it's, he can be canceled for this stuff that he's saying? Is that, is that? Canceled? What, what, in what way has anybody been canceled? In what, what fucking consequence has any of these people faced the dude's gonna make a hundred fucking million dollars off this contract 
and he's going to make more money on the sides. Every time he fucking, there's so many of these fucking losers that have become culture warriors that I'm just like, this is fucking so not interesting. This is the, the, I just can't stand any of it. I just want to do comedy and I don't want to have to have like opinions that uh, like swing shit. How do we reverse this trend? Because it is, it's, we're in that quote, cancel culture, very, but everybody's woke. It does, there's like a pendulum and it's like over here, right? And it, it's going to, it's going to have to sort of come this way, right? It, or am I, are we, we're here, right? Probably not. We always, we, we've thought that recently that we, oh, you know, after all this Trump stuff, maybe things will come back together. But it's like, I don't know. I think it's a very fractured, uh, uh, relationship between both sides and one side is one side's annoying and one side's deadly and I'll take annoying over deadly in most fucking arguments uh, so yeah the left's pretentious and yeah we fucking eat our own more often than not but um, the other people are dangerous like very much going to get people hurt, very much going to get people killed, very much destroying uh, the fucking earth and the resources that we have in it. So I, I'll side with the people that are just sort of cunts every once in a while. Yeah. Well, it's funny when health is, is becomes political. We, we're gonna we're gonna really fuck with your health uh, with politics. You know, that's what we're. It, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's but it, and it's all uh, just a fucking fun game to some people, which isn't very fun for me. No, let's hope. Well, again, let's hope there, there's some correction in all of it. You're a sports fan, right? Are you at Boston? Oh, yeah. Everything Boston, or because we don't St. Louisans, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you want to get in some pro, in some trouble here, we've we've had some issues with the Red Sox. We've had some issues yeah. with the Patriots. We finally kind of broke the string against the Bruins, so that was good. Yeah, that was a fun fun yeah. time. You guys stole my boy Tory Krug from me. Yeah, I'm back. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a huge, huge, uh, huge uh, Celtics fan, big Bruins fan. I uh, obviously I'm a big Marshan apologist and defender, but he uh, he deserves every one of those six games he got suspended this time. This, um, yeah, this time, oh, this time yeah, it was terrible. It, yeah, this time he deserves. And you know what? If he had just whacked the goalie, that I would have been like, all right, two games, whatever. But the shit with the stick, you know, trying to like take his helmet off with your stick. Yeah, you're going to get another four games for that. And you're also like, you have a reputation. You know that you're being a dick. I love him. I think he's a great player, but he was uh, out of line on that one. You do any sports material? Is that some, some guys come out and kind of have some material on sports. Do you do any of that? Or do you? Yeah, I have uh, a few jokes that are uh, sports-related. Uh, de- definitely a decent chunk of my, my stand-up is about uh, sports and viewing things through the lens of sports, which I often do. Um, you know, I have a joke about how, like, most of my most of the ways that I can explain like complex things to very dumb people is through sports. So, like, I need that. It's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, my new favorite thing. Uh, and it's not real new, but we were seeing a lot more of them, especially out by you uh, in the the new giant Stan Kroenke Stadium. Is uh, is fights with the fans and and people yeah. losing their pants and 
I mean, that it's I'm scared to go to uh, any Dodger Stadium seems a little freaky. Uh, now SoFi, this billion dollar stadium, you can get whacked by somebody in like a Jeff uh, Jeff Scanina jersey or something over there. Yeah, and I mean, I'm even when I was a big football fan, I was never a big fan of the uh going to a live NFL game experience. I think it's just not a, an enjoyable one. I I uh it's just people can't act and it's you know obviously a lot of tribalism and a lot of uh alcohol and it's just like i was never on the like even when it was you know people from boston doing it to like opposing fans and i was in the stadium i'd be like hey i don't care if we're wearing the same fucking shirt you're being a dickhead you're yelling at a kid you're yelling at a kid because he's wearing a jersey of the team that he like grew up watching. Why do you like, why, like, do you think, do you think he became a fan of that team to like anger you? Or do you think that it was like passed on from his, you know, from his family? And that's the reason that he's, so just don't be a dickhead to somebody because they grew up. It's, it's, they grew up somewhere else. Probably they, you know, they didn't do this to fucking like egg you on. It's funny you mentioned because I and now I'm in my head circling back in my 20s when I was going to many games. I went to Wrigley Field for Cardinals Cubs mm. uh, for the Rams. We went out to Arizona. I thought we were going to get stabbed in Arizona. I don't remember anything that we did, but we just had our jerseys on and we were clapping, and I felt like we we were going to get stabbed at Wrigley. All I did, was, you know, I, you can't you can just yell back and forth, but this this guy's like, meet me in the fucking bathroom. I'm like, what the. F- what at Wrigley? Have you have you seen yeah. the dive? The the guy that dives across the urinals at Wrigley. I mean, oh, yeah, the giant trough. I'm not going in there to fight. I'm not fighting. I don't. I don't yeah. really get. This is just a game, dude. So yeah, it was funny because I started thinking about it all the times where I'm like, there might be a fight, and I'm not even. I almost we almost fought with like our own fans one time after a game because we were pissed off at our head coach. And I'm like, we're really gonna fight fucking because Mike Martz didn't didn't he kick the field yeah. goal? And that's what we're. It was ridiculous. A lot of alcohol. Um, on all of these situations, of course, I'm I'm more than like uh, like more I'm more likely to like fight my own fan base than I am to fight somebody else's fan base because like <laughs> they're they're rooting for their team. You're being a dick and you're making us all look bad. So I take more umbrage with that with you making me look like a dickhead by association than I do somebody rooting for the team they grew up rooting for. Good. What what. What would be the best case scenario? What is a guy going to take off his jersey and go go to the fucking pro shop and and be a fan of your team now? Would would that fucking solve everything, or would you still be a prick? Well, it's funny. You this also hits a nerve. I'm a huge Cardinal fan, and I hate being a Cardinal fan. I hate Cardinal fans because they are. They're, they're so, you know, this best fans in baseball has become like the thing they love. We're the best fans. Shut the fuck up. I mean, that, you, that, peop, other people are supposed to tell you that. You're not supposed to walk around with a sign that says that. That's what, and I could, and I could go on and on. They, they just, they walk around so slow and a lot of, you know, in old, like, you know, Ray Lankford jerseys. It, and it, it, it just, I don't know. I, I get, I get, I get worked up on this part, Mike. <laughs> and it's also like, 
the best fans in ba- what does that even mean what metric supports that what fu- is that just a, a gut feeling you're gonna be the best oh we clap is, what, we cl- what does it do is it made your team better we cl- win more they clap on every any great play by another team we clap for the other team and when one of our own comes back in a different jersey we give the biggest stand here comes so taguchi for the philadelphia and we we stop the game for three minutes because you know and i love so taguchi but it, it's gotten out of hand like our a back you know third string catcher comes up and we stop yeah. the game i could go on and on i am a self-hating cardinal fan I, I just wish there could be my i've been called an elitist because then i hear these fans being like, oh, what, what is uh what's the uh, thing doing here you know and it's like you don't know what yeah. the fuck you're talking about shut up you know <clears throat> you're right i want to fight every cardinal fan that's what i'm going with right here <laughs> and you're also a grappling fan i believe right do you watch a little wwe aew do you have a f- oh yeah you on a big, side big. Big pro wrestling fan, more AEW than than anything now. Um, I follow the the indies pretty pretty well too. But uh, yeah, WWE. I just I tried watching the Rumble and it was really fucking bad. In uh, St. Louis, I was going to buy a ticket, and oh, I yeah. I was I was so I watched it. I still watch the Rumble, but I can't watch. I don't know what they're doing over there. That that was the worst. I mean, if I would have bought a ticket, I would have. I think I would have asked for my money back. It was bad. I like I was trapped under two feet of snow and it was still like not worth the four hours of my time. Like I had no other options. That was the only thing that I could have done. But it's still like I think I would have been better off like staring at a black TV screen for four hours. It was just not fun to watch. It was just very this shit again. Like where I'm just fucking you have a company you trying to build these fucking top stars and they just all get washed by ronda rousey and brock lesnar who are never there that seems kind of like a part of the reason you can't build any stars is because every time somebody's supposed to be important somebody who doesn't work there comes in and kicks the shit out of that goldberg's back now (laughs) of course he is because you know what fucking we need is another 60 year old man who can't fucking who get blown up in two fucking minutes taking up space that's what we need fucking goldberg i don't and this is the thing i don't watch a lot of wwe so i but i watch the rumble so i understand that i don't know a lot of these people but what i always loved about the rumble is there was surprises and there was some storytelling and there was some moments. There was nothing. There was no surprises. There was, of course, Brock was there, but there's no moments. Um, it, there was no story. T- I mean, if you go back and watch these things, the, I, so I, every year, I guess I, I get crazy and I start just binging rumbles. <laughs> so I watched the 07 one and I'm like, oh my God, this Jericho and, and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and, and you just still have all these stars. And in my day, it was the 1991 one. It, the first six people or nine people, it's Bret Hart, Savage, yeah. Jake Roberts, Ted DiBiase. There's no bullshit. So yeah, it was a lot of, I mean, one through 20 was pretty much bullshit for this rumble. And it was just like, you have Shane McMahon eliminating dudes. Why? For what? Eliminating Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking, uh, it's just, it makes me so annoyed 
to just watch it. So I try not to. I just stick to AEW for the most part, where when I watch that, I don't get angry. I just watch it, and it's... And some people are like, oh, it's fucking oh fan service. Good. I fucking... I tune in every week. I should be served. I should be rewarded for fucking caring. I should have my needs met as a fan. Good. So, like the same shit with like Star Wars that people are like, oh, bo- oh bunch of fucking fan service bullshit. Good. People who like the show should like the, the other thing. People who fucking have invested into this world that you've created should like the new thing that you, it should cater to the, their fucking, the things that they like that led them there. That's how I'd run a fucking business. It's, oh, oh, faded. Oh, they, all they do is cater to the audience. Yeah. That's how a fucking show works. That's how a business works. We give the people who pay us what they fucking want. It's so stupid. Ah, oh, it makes me so angry. What else can we bitch about? I think I've I think I've done enough. My heart's been pounding a little bit. I got you a little fired up there. I'm so sorry. It's a Saturday. We're supposed, <laughs> supposed to be laying. I get myself worked up over fucking nothing. <laughs> uh, it's Mike Malloy. MikeMalloy.com. You can obviously find him on Twitter. He's going to be at Helium in St. Louis on March 4th and March 5th. Taping a comedy album March 25th and 26th in Austin. You're also in Vail in the, at the end of February, February 24th. You can find yeah. this all in uh, MikeMalloy.com. Anything that else that I may not have covered here? I, I, I had a wide variety of uh, topics. I think we, we covered them. Anything you'd like to say before we uh, say goodbye today? No, I uh, just uh, hope you, I see everybody out in St. Louis in a couple of weeks. Uh, excited to do it, and uh, hopefully I'll see you all there. I thank Mike, and hopefully, you know, I won't fire him up. Hopefully he'll be nice and calm and don't talk about Spotify, don't talk about WWE. But I thank Mike, and I thank you for watching. Again, sponsored by Masses Restaurants in St. Louis, five locations. STLMasses.com is our website. Check them out. Check out the menus. Get directions. And that's going to do it for today. We'll see you next time, and thank you for watching.